Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. Um, so, for those of you who don't know, we've been running a Made for Mission series. It's all about equipping us for the mission, for the Great Commission that God has called us to. And it's been really wonderful on Tuesday lunchtimes and Wednesday evenings to get together and to cover, so far, six of the eight points on the back of your little workbook there, your little folder. And um, this morning, we're going to do a made-for-mission style meeting. So it's been a combination of things where we've started with worship, then there's been a little bit of a, a session presented for sort of 15 or so minutes, then some discussion in pairs and then a little break, and then another 15-minute or so presentation, and then another 10 or so minute discussion, and then we finish there. So we're going to do that style this morning in rows. We're going to see how it goes, okay? Um, But it's going to be fun. But just to say, if you're new here and you're not familiar or you don't know anybody else, we don't want you to feel awkward, and so we've made some provision for the discussion times. We've got some different options, so everybody can feel like this will be really helpful. Does that sound okay? Does everybody have week four? It's, pur- it's purple. It's the purple patch. It's green. It was, that was a test and you all passed. Well done. It says four on it. And it's green. Thank you for keeping me honest, everybody. It's a, so far, everyone's awake. That's really encouraging. And it's been great because... <clears throat> Our Made for Mission series, you know, in, in us talking about being made for mission this year and what we did in last month, it's not because we don't think already that people are, are making an impact and sharing their faith. We know that's happening. But, but what I have loved is, is getting a fresh sense that we've taken a step up, actually. Yes. We've shifted up a gear. And so I've had some really wonderful conversations. I'm, I had a chat with Betty Nichols, and Betty was talking about your group of friends that you meet with and just being much more open about sharing your faith with them and, 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 and sort of nailing your colors to the mast as a Christian with, with your friends, and it's inspired that. Angie Hutton sent messages, a message out to people, Christians and non-Christian friends, from numbers. I think it was a priestly blessing, but you felt the Holy Spirit led you to do that. And so this message went out to lots of different people. That may not have happened if you'd not been on the Made for Mission stuff, because it just brought something out, didn't it? When uh, Helena Gregory shared the testimony on a few Sundays ago, it was again, it was about being ready to listen to the Holy Spirit and do something prompted by the Spirit to, to give a lady that she didn't know a bunch of flowers that were for someone else. I'm told the person, got, the other, the person did get a bunch of flowers as well. Um, but just felt led by the Spirit to bless this lady to tell her that Jesus loves her. It's great. A few Sundays ago, Will very openly and honestly talked about being stirred to listen for words and for direction so that his conversations that he had that day as he was chatting with Ben Morris um, was led by the Holy Spirit. For Sarah and I, we've had conversations at home about people that, are, that we know, colleagues and, and others, and it's, it's sort of spurred a conversation between us that maybe we wouldn't have had if we hadn't been talking about it. Yeah. And so I've been so blessed, but I know that's happening in lots of different places and, and things I haven't said. And, and, and this first part really is all about then how we continue the mission. Has anybody ever started something with the best of intentions and with real enthusiasm only for you, to sort of, for you to sort of fall flat a little bit somewhere down the line? Has anybody ever done that? I see two hands with Mike Shooter. He's a very honest man. I remember when I was 14 years old, church in Merthyr, oh, happy St. David's Day as well to all the Welsh people and non-Welsh people. You can, you can join us. You're welcome. I mean, you took us in, so... Um, 
in Merthyr, there was a, a bass guitarist called Dave Edwards, and he had this mop of hair over his head. It was permed. And in, in the 80s, that was good. That was a cool thing. And he played the bass, and he drove a Capri. He was like the height of cool. And I just remember looking at him and thinking, I want to play bass in a worship band. I want to be like Kevin Greaves. That's what I think now. Or Chris McLaren, other bass player. Mark White, other bass players are available. Um, Alicia started as well now, which is great. But, uh, and, and I remember my parents very graciously buying me a headless bass guitar. I know, that was cool. And I remember sitting on my bed in my room, trying it and thinking, actually, this isn't as easy as it looks. And then I kind of left it by the side of my bed, and then it kind of moved to the corner of my room. And within probably a week or two, it was under my bed. And within about a year, my parents broached the subject that maybe I wasn't going to master the bass guitar and I should sell it, and so I did. So I started with these great intentions, but I didn't see them through. And, and, and for everything that we've done and the shift up in a gear that we've made in the last month or so and beyond, I really want us to think about how we can continue to really make, continue that progress that we've made and that step up. And there's some specific points on your card where we've, we've sort of suggested five things. And I, I would propose that none of these are particularly brand new, but just to remind ourselves of ways that we can continue the mission effectively and really move into 2020, this year of plenty that, that Kerry Jones has said, that we really are fruitful this year. And the first one is, is a pretty obvious one, and it's something that we've been talking about and doing already. It's, it's putting Jesus first, remaining close to our first love. That if we don't have a relationship with him, if we don't have a love for him, then we're never going to reach out. Or if we do, we're not going to do it for the right reasons. And when we've done our Made for Mission times, we've started with worship on every session because we've wanted to lift the name of Jesus and recognize as we love God, as we love him, as we love Jesus, then he'll fill us with his love by his spirit for him and for the world. And so it starts with our love for him, putting him first. You know, the more that we see Jesus, the more we love him. And the more we love him, the more we'll obey him. And the more we obey him, the more secure we are, the more effective we are, the more fruitful we are, the more productive we are in our, in our everyday lives, and especially in sharing our faith with others. In Hebrews 12, verse 2, it says that we should run the race with endurance. What does that mean? It means we keep running, we keep going, and it says, how do we do this? By fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And so, how do we do that? How do we remain and keep Jesus our, our first love in our lives. Well, we know these things. We talk about these things a lot. We read the Word. The Word will lead us to Him. The Spirit will open the Word to us to reveal Jesus to us. I was reading in, in Genesis recently about uh, Jacob and Joseph having a conversation. And Jacob's the father. Joseph is the son. And he knows, Joseph knows he needs to go and check his brothers and see how they're doing. And he knows his brothers hate him. But he's standing there talking to Jacob, and, and Jacob says, I need to send you out to see your brothers. And Joseph says this, I'm ready to go. And I just imagine the conversation that happened in heaven, in the Godhead, when it was time for the son to come. And the father saying, I need to send you into the world. And Jesus, the son, saying, I'm ready to go. I know they'll hate me. I know they'll despise me. I know that they'll want to murder me, but I love them. You love them. I'm ready to go. And as I read that, I had a love for him and I had a fresh love for the world. Why? Because the word spoke to me. The Holy Spirit spoke to me through the word of God. That as we pray, that we remain close to our first love. And I just want to highlight the real importance of speaking in tongues. Yes. Yes. 
that as we speak in tongues, it's that heavenly language that God has given us, a gift that builds us up and edifies us. And the way that it edifies us is is that our minds initially might be unproductive, but gradually they come under the, the governing of the Holy Spirit and we start to think in a way that God wants us to think. And he'll direct our thoughts and and we'll have a fresh love for him. And he'll speak to us in those times. In worshipping and listening to worship songs, it's a great thing. There's a song at the moment I love, and, and I know other people are listening to it. It's a terrible title, but it's a great song. I Speak Jesus. Anybody know that song? It is a wonderful song. As I listen to that at the moment, it does something in my spirit, and I feel a closeness and a connection with him. It's good to do those things. To be together. That we equip and encourage one another in our fellowship. It's a way of us keeping our eyes on Jesus. I come away from a Sunday morning feeling closer to him because I've been with you. Isn't that amazing? And so we prioritize these things. It means we need to prioritize time in the word. We need to prioritize prayer. We need to prioritize feeding our our, our worship. We need to prioritize gathering together. It means we sometimes need to diarize these things if that's what helps us to do it. But as we remain close to him, then we'll listen to what he has to say. And he says this, therefore go and make disciples. And then he says this wonderful truth, and I'll be with you. Even to the end of the age, that as we go in obedience to him, as we fix our eyes on him, we know that he goes with us. Isn't that wonderful? That wherever we go, we take Jesus with us. We've just got to go. We go, he comes with us. That's his promise. So we remain close to our first love. Then the next point is this, to frequently and often ask this question, God, what next? What do you want me to do next? It's a great question. Concerning the people that God has brought us into their lives, into their situations, and to remind ourselves in this that we are partners of the gospel. And that the first person we partner with is the Holy Spirit. Stefan did a great job of talking about how the Holy Spirit spoke to him in a situation where he wanted to shut down and he was hoping a person wouldn't sit next to him on, on a flight, only for the Holy Spirit to challenge him. And then the conversation that he had led to an opportunity to share the love of God to her in, in a practical way and in a spiritual way, and it was great. But it was that sitting down, thinking, actually, rather than, Lord, please remove this person from my vicinity, to, Lord, what next? What do you want me to do, Holy Spirit? It's a great question to ask, and it's a great question that he loves to answer as we remain with him, that we can talk with him. And, and I'd really encourage you with this. When you know you've missed it, say, God, what next? Because I know there'll be times when I think, oh, I should have said something. I had a conversation with a lady at the gym that last week, and I was like, oh, I should have offered to pray for her. I really should have offered to pray for her. And I didn't. I chickened out. But rather than beating yourself up about it and never going to the gym again and signing up for another gym, membership fees, and all that sort of stuff, <laughs> to think, no, Lord, what do you want me to do next time? How can I go into that situation next time and think, actually, I'm going to do it this way? And God will prepare us in that. There's another guy I'm talking to, and I know that a key for him, and it came out of the Made for Mission discussions, is for me to ask him some questions. And so that's my what next prayer for that guy at the gym. What question do you want me to ask him? Holy Spirit, help me. I really need your help. And I don't have to come up with all the answers. I just have to listen to you. And I ask, and I listen. And he'll speak. That we make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. That's an everyday thing. And every day, every hour, that he wants to command our steps, the Holy Spirit working as we do the work of evangelists in the world. So remain close to our first love. Ask God what's next. And here's a great one. Have a mission partner. Ooh. 
we're going to give lanyards out. And everybody can have their mission partner lanyard. Is that okay? But it's like, who is it that we feel we're going into the mission with? Who is it that's supporting us? Who are we being accountable to? What is going on in the corner of the room? <laughs> that's what everybody's thinking. I may as well address it. It's the plug emptying. That's fine. Okay, now we know what it is. I thought it was one of those wind-up cars. Yeah, it had that sound, isn't it? That's just sins going down. It's fine. It's all good. <laughs> but to have a mission partner, and it might be your spouse if you're married to, a, to another believer, that, that, that's probably the best person for Sarah and I. We will talk about people that we've had conversations with and, and, and people that we feel God is wanting us to reach out to and share our faith with or help or support to do that in our own individual environments and also to do it as a couple as well. So who's your mission partner? That's one of the questions that we'll be thinking about later on. But that Jesus sent us out with the Spirit and with one another. Isn't that great that we have people to serve in the mission field with? Paul talks about it often. You are partners in the gospel. In fact, he appeals to two ladies in Philippians 4 verse 3 who, um, Euodia and Syntyche. And what the problem was, they couldn't pronounce each other's names and they got really upset with each other. No, they've been working together and they've been partners in the gospel before and something, and he's reminded them of who they are. And he talks about another man who was with him in, I think it's Clement, who's, who's, who's a partner with him in, in the gospel. And it's great to know that you might be sitting next to your mission partner. Or they might be in the same room. Where we can talk about the people that God is leading us uh, to speak to and minister to. We can pray for one another, support one another, challenge one another, help one another in the mission. And life groups will play a really important part in that. And then fourthly is play to your strengths. Here's the wonderful thing. God has made you uniquely you. And you have great strengths. We're really good at finding our weaknesses, aren't we? We're really good at sort of thinking about what we're not very good at. But actually, God wants us to think about the things that we are good at and to recognize that how God has made you, your interests, your job, where you live, where you go, who you're related to, God has placed you in that for a reason, in that environment. So make the most of, of recognizing these strengths. The interest that you have will put you in the mix with people of shared interest. That's a really good thing because now you have a point of connection with that person that is beginning to build a bridge between them where you can share your faith. There's a great um, a, a quote that somebody once said. Um, this, this lady became friends with me and she built a bridge between me to her and Jesus walked over it. Isn't that lovely? She made friends with me. She built a bridge from me to her, and Jesus walked over it. But you're uniquely placed where you are. You're meant to be an influence. You're, that when you go into the shops, when you go to work, when you're in your family environment, that, that there's a point of connection there that you should, we should be able to be aware of. Not to be chameleons, we're to be Christians. I loved how Alice talked about she chose to be herself as a Christian in the workplace, in the police. And that the most laddish guy that she knew there saw that and started to ask her questions. And as a result of the conversations they'd had and this relationship that had formed between them, he got saved. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. It's a great testimony. Just take the pressure off. Just be yourself. 1 Peter uh, 3 says, love Jesus as Lord of your life. 
do good to all. Can we do those things? Then if anybody asks you about your Christian faith, share. Be ready to talk about your Christian faith. The good things that God has done for you. And do so with gentleness and respect. I love those verses. It's remain close to him. Remain close to your first love. Ask God what's next. Recognize that you're in this with others. Do good to all. And when people ask you, just be ready to share your Christian faith. Why? Because you've got great strengths. Play to those strengths. And then lastly, be intentional. Stay with people. Stick with people. A really helpful thing that Simon shared on was that in all the people that we know, maybe one in five will be a person who's particularly receptive to the gospel and to our faith and and interested to really recognize those people and to invest in them. Arna talks about harvest language, doesn't he? That people who are expressing something, drawing on it in a certain way, to really stick with those people and to help them and to pray for them and to lead them to Jesus, to find the one and follow up with grace and love and power. And then whenever we go to places, to go to places with intention, it's good to have goals, isn't it? Has anybody here got a a goal that you're working towards? It might be a certain amount of money to save. It might be to lose some weight, do something else, find a new job. But, But if we don't have goals, we don't really do anything about anything. But if I think this week I want to have a meaningful conversation with somebody about my faith, that's a goal, then I'll go into situations much more intentionally than if I don't have that goal. So when I go to the gym... Now, I, I, I recognize it's not just about blitzing it and then leaving, but actually, there are times when I just need to stop and I need to talk to people. And now I know that there's a guy called Gaz who asks me loads of great questions, and I need to ask him a question, and the Holy Spirit is going to help me with that. Yeah. I know there's a guy called Steve who's a long-term carer for his mum, and he's, he's a, an older guy, and she's elderly, and she doesn't want anyone else to look out for her. And I can actually support him and pray for him in that. Yeah. There's this lady, Karen, who's got arthritis in her knees. She's the lady I need to pray for. That's my goal. This week, well, it's not this week because we're in Kenya, so I get a week off on that one. <laughs> but just that we do those things, that we're really intentional to do good to all, it says in Galatians 6. Today, I'm going to do good. I'm going to be a proper do-gooder. Jesus went around doing good. So I've got some questions. They're on your card. So on your green card, there's some questions that I would encourage you to discuss with a friendly, lovely person sitting next to you or near you. There are three options. Option one is that you take the discussion questions on this card that I'll just chat through in a moment about continuing and that you talk about that with the person next to you. I would say a maximum of three people in any group because more than that, people don't get a chance to really talk um, and some people just end up listening, not getting to really uh, say their point. I also recognize that maybe some people here, you're, you're new to the church, you've not, you're not really aware of, of these things that we've been covering, and so I've got another question that I'd like to put up onto the screen. Uh, it should be on there, Pete, if you just, there you go. Um, so this is a different question to the one that's on the card. So if you're with somebody, if somebody's brought you to church this morning, or you're sitting with somebody that you know, maybe this would be a good thing to discuss with them. Or third option is we have a connect area there. If you're new and you're not with anybody and it feels a bit weird to sit and talk to a stranger about these questions, there are lovely, kind, warm people who will chat to you in the connect area for the next sort of 10, 15 minutes during this discussion time. Does that sound okay? Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to cover all the bases, guys. This is postmodern. <laughs> That's as postmodern as it gets, trust me. Okay. So, 
If you're going to chat with the person next to you, here's your questions on your discussion card. In pairs, who do you feel could be your mission partner? And don't, be bad, don't feel bad if it's not them, okay? <laughs> what are your strengths? Think about how God's made you uniquely you and, and what opportunities do you have? Chat through with your, with your discussion partner the places, the venues, the people that you know God has put you into and among so that you can make an influence there. And just talk about how God might want to use you. On previous weeks, we've talked about five people in particular that we're going to pray for, up to five. To maybe talk about how that's going with those people as well, if we have time to get to that. So that's the card discussion. The screen discussion is for people that are not familiar to the Made for Mission stuff, and you want to, but you would be like to chat to somebody next to you. Who is Jesus? Who was Jesus? Who is Jesus? It's a better question, isn't it? What impact does this have in your everyday life? What makes a person a Christian? Do you think a Christian should be different to a non-Christian in the way they behave and live their lives? If so, in what ways? But you're not allowed to do that one if you've been on the Made for Mission stuff, all right? <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to have about 10 to 15 minutes of just discussion time. So a bit, a bit of background music so it doesn't feel weird. Chat to the person next to you. And this is free to chat. But please do apply yourselves to these questions and then Simon will come and take the next part. Thank you. It's fantastic to hear all the chatting. Absolutely fantastic to hear all the chatting. The, the feedback we've been getting over the weeks is, has been how useful the discussion groups, or you know, the pairing up the twos and the threes and the discussion groups have been. It sort of feels like that's where all the real work's been taking place. And uh, the buzz in the room just then from all the, uh, the chatting has been great. Um, this course, um, for, firstly, has been an absolute uh, delight to co-run with, with, uh, with Richard. We've really enjoyed pulling the material together. Uh, we've been inspired by others, but this is a programme that we have uh, designed and written for our churches. I want to honour Mike Shooter and Steph Ruig, Katie France, Alice Mason and Janet Young. I haven't seen Alice or Janet this morning. I hope they're here somewhere. But um, these guys chipped in, they shared stories, or they took a session. And again, the programme's been designed so that different people can run the course. It can, it can happen again in the, in the future. And uh, we're going to make some uh, slight tweaks to some of the notes that we've sort of learnt as we've gone through it. Uh, but nonetheless, it's been, a, it's been a great start. So I just want to... I just want to pull together. Can we have that slide up? No. Okay. Okay, I, I've got the slide. Yeah, you've got it in front of you as well. What I want to do is just pull together the, the, the course by recapping the seven weeks and then just reminding us that we really are, as the people of God, we really are literally made for the mission. We looked right at the beginning, didn't we, at why evangelism is sometimes so hard. And, and it is. We've all, we've all acknowledged that. Why does my mouth sometimes seem to freeze up? You know, Rich is not the only one this week who has missed an opportunity. I have as well. 
But we're out there and we're going for it, aren't we, folks? It's brilliant to hear the stories. In fact, I've had a text this week from somebody encouraging me, and it was a step out of boldness for that person, which is fantastic, so encouraging to hear. We've looked at what are we doing right. We are doing some things right. What are we doing wrong? Yes, sure, we we get things wrong. How can we start a conversation? That was one of the big themes that came out in in the feedback that we did on the post-it notes that weren't post-it notes. How can I be really effective in my calling to the mission? That was another big question that we had. Here's a little bit of feedback for you from the 130 or so post-it notes that we took on the first week. 50% of all the feedback from over 130 people related to them wanting more confidence or more courage in order to share their faith. You and I are in good company. We all need some of that boldness, some of that confidence, don't we? And that's part of this course, all together, learning together, pulling together, sharing the same challenges. 30% of all the feedback was more about wanting to be equipped with tools to be able to share the gospel more effectively, including how to pray for people and how to start a conversation with people. And 17%, roughly, of the feedback was about being more empowered in the gifts of the Spirit, wanting to be able to move, hearing his voice, knowing his power, hearing words of knowledge and things like that, and being able to move in the gifts of the Spirit. So that's, that's what people wanted right at the beginning. And I hope today that some of us in the room are feeling, yes, we've, we've had help with some of those things. What I'd like to do is go through each of the, the sessions and, and for us all to look at one scripture relating to that session. Now, it's a scripture that I've taken that I think pulls together most of the themes of each of the weeks, each of the sessions. It's not necessarily one of the scriptures off the cards, but it's a key scripture out of our teaching notes that we've used behind the scenes. So get your Bibles at the ready. The first week was all about having confidence. You know, this 50% feedback, we, we hit that full on. We, we know it's one of the big challenges. Boldness, confidence in sharing our faith, knowing who we are in Christ and being able to step out. The gospel always works, Richard told us. He said it's timeless and timely. Today is the day of salvation. If you've got your Bibles, would you turn to John 20, 21, please? That's the scripture for, for this particular session. We're all here today because of the gospel. If it wasn't for the gospel of Jesus Christ, we wouldn't be here. So it works. It works. And here's what John 20, 21 says. Jesus said to them again... Sometimes we need to hear things more than once. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so, I'm sending you. 
In other words, in the same way I've been sent, Jesus said, in the same way I've been sent, the Father's hand on me, the Spirit of God with me, in the same way I'm sending you. If that doesn't give us confidence, I don't know what will. God is with us. He is in us. He is for us. When we fall over, he picks us up again, and on we go. We can have confidence in our faith. The second session then was called to mission. We're chosen and we're equipped. But we actually have everything we need for life and godliness. And with Jesus on the inside, I think we're outrageously equipped. We have more than enough. We're more than conquerors through Christ. He sends us in his power, with his presence, there it is again, always with us, and under his protection. We are safe and sound in the hands of God. God will never call us and not equip us for the task. If you remember, if you were at that session, I just said that would be ridiculous. What sort of God would do that? Why would he ask us to do something but not give us the wherewithal to do it? That would be ridiculous. We're called, outrageously equipped, and protected. If you've got your Bibles, Acts 1.8, please, for this one. Acts 1, verse 8. Some of these well-worn scriptures are being dusted down because we need to hear them afresh as God's speaking to us in these exciting days. Acts 1, verse 8 says this. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And I always love saying it, we're at the ends of the earth. God's got his people all over the globe. They are at the ends of the earth and we are full of his spirit and we are his witnesses. We truly are called to the mission. The third session was called Compassion for the Lost. Mike did a great job and he shared with us how compassion without action, it's worth listening to this, compassion without action is just sympathy. And compassion without truly caring is simply duty. And God doesn't want us just to be pitiful and dutiful. He wants us to have true compassion for the lost. His compassion. If you've got uh, your Bibles, let's turn to Matthew 14, 14. I love that we can have a scripture to frame each of our sessions. Matthew 14, 14 says this. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. How simple this scripture is. But he healed the sick because he had compassion. I don't know if he was planning in, in, in that particular day. He seems just to do things when he's on the way. Jesus seems just in everyday life to move with the leading of the Spirit, and to do things. And that just takes the pressure off, guys. We can do the same. The same Spirit lives in us. When Jesus landed, he saw a large crowd, 
He had compassion on them, and then he healed their sick. Good job, Mike. Then, uh, with help from Steph, we looked at cooperating with the Spirit. I talked about keeping it simple and looking for the one in five. Take the pressure off. Cooperating with the Spirit is not a heavy yoke and a heavy burden. It's the everyday of life. You meet someone, you get into a conversation with them. He is absolutely essential. We cannot do this without him. He's essential for boldness that we've talked about. He's essential for the gifts of the Spirit, hearing his voice, hearing his leading. And he's essential that we can love the lost as he loves the lost. Looking for the one in five is a real key. I think one of the things I'd really like to share this morning is that God wants us again to love the one. Yes, we can pray for the masses and for revival, and we mustn't stop doing that. But in the everyday of life, God wants us to have time for the one. And I wonder if as a church we can regain our excitement when one person gets saved. There's over 450 people in our congregations, and if 450 people are just doing what the Holy Spirit wants them to do, and we're all just talking to the one, that's 450 ones. That's exciting. So let's get excited when we hear about the ones getting saved. Let's be faithful in the small things. Let's look at Acts 1, verse 4 to 5. That should be easier to find. Acts 1, verse 4 to 5. On one occasion, while Jesus was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. This scripture shows how utterly essential the Holy Spirit is. He is our everything. He is everything that we need, and he is all that we need. But he is absolutely essential. Listen to him, walk with him, talk with him, and reach the one in five with him. Then we looked at connecting with the lost, session five. And uh, Katie uh, took this with help from Alice. And she looked at um, five real keys for connecting with the lost. Heart, hear, help, hold on, hold up. Heart, of compassion. Hear, listen, be open, be listening, be receptive, be genuinely involved. Help, action. That's an action word. Help people, pray for people, do something with the compassion that you're feeling. Then hold on, that's a patience word. Stay in there. Stay with the one. Don't give up. Be intentional, as we heard from Richard earlier. And then hold up. That's the praying. Do everything with prayer. She talked about praying continually. Let's turn to Matthew 10, verse 7 for this one. Matthew 10, 7 says this. 
Jesus said, as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Then heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. And then he said this, freely you have received, freely give. We have everything. We're outrageously equipped. We know that there are these wonderful keys for connecting with the lost, hearing, uh, using the heart of compassion, helping, reaching out, holding on there in patience with people and holding people in prayer. Freely we have received. Freely we can give. Then session six is communicating your story. That's where we learn that questions open doors into people's lives. Jesus asks questions all the time. And I read a passage where he he asked three questions in quick-fire succession. He is the master of asking questions. And then we talked about stories, painting pictures. As someone tells their story, you can't help but see in full technicolor what's going on. You sort of live it with them. So when you share your testimony, even if it's from 50 years ago, your story still paints pictures in people's minds. It's the way God's made us. And he uses that when you're sharing your testimony, you're sharing your story. Let's just turn to Luke 8, verse 38 and 39. Keeping our Bible fingers warmed up this morning. Luke 8, 38 and 39. The man from whom the demons had gone begged to go with Jesus. But Jesus said to him, No, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. A brilliant example here of Jesus saying to someone, freshly healed and restored, clothed and in his right mind, no, don't, don't follow me, don't join the crowd, go home and tell your story. And he went home and told everyone. That's what we're to do. It's a great example of what we're to do in communicating our story. And then today we've heard from Rich. He did a great job, Rich. Love Jesus, first and foremost. He's our first love. Evangelism is itself... If you boil everything down, evangelism is worship. It is worship. Jesus was and is the best evangelist whoever has and through us does walk this planet. He knows how to do it and he's teaching us how to do it by the Holy Spirit. Love Jesus first and foremost. Then talk to him. Ask God, what next? Don't do this on your own. I was going up to Colville sometimes on my own and Mick Walford was chatting to me and he said, no, don't go on your own, Simon. Always go with someone. There's biblical precedent for going with someone. And he's right. Far more happens when I'm partnered up with someone. But also, you can hold each other accountable. Pray for one another. Support one another. Talk about the people that you're reaching and loving and caring for. Um, 1 Peter 3.15. We've got one more scripture after this. 
1 Peter 3.15. I love this scripture. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. There's Jesus first. And then it says this, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. I love that. That's how we share the gospel. Jesus first, revere him, Christ as Lord. Always being prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you. That's someone who's interested. That's the one in five for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. Finally, session eight. Session eight is what I've been doing. It's recapping the last seven sessions. But if there's one scripture, it's this one. Let's all turn to Matthew 28, 18. Because it is action time. It's action time. Let's all continue in what we've started and encourage each other on all the more. Matthew 28, 18 says this. Then Jesus came to them and said, this is the risen Christ. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you, always, even to the very end of the age. These are exciting times, guys. These are exciting times. We're not in this together. We're all in this together, rather. We're not in this alone. With over 450 people in our congregations, all reaching the one we are reaching over 450 people because we're all getting involved. I find that exciting. I'm glad I'm not alone. I'm glad I'm with you lot, working together for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are all changing the world one person at a time. Can we have the the questions up quickly? We've just got 10 minutes left to run through this. So this is um, for people who weren't on previous course. What is the church? Should the church have an impact on society? If so, how? Are you aware of specific examples where a Christian individual or a group or church are influencing, influencing the community? And if so, how? Talk about that if you weren't on the course. If you were on the course, in pairs, please do this in twos. Write down three things that will be be helpful for each of you in sharing your faith. It's a free-for-all. Three things that will be helpful for you. We're all different. Three things that will be helpful for you. Then discuss these things together and encourage each other. Then if there's time, talk about how in your life groups you can help one another with this. Maybe there's some life group leaders in here that can have a think about that as well. How do we continue with the mission after today? The mission continues. So in pairs, enjoy the next 10 minutes as we work on these questions. Thank you.
Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.